begin. Welcome to Mass Ave. We're here bringing you conservative news, policy, and insight from the steps of Capitol Hill. I'm your host, Emily Vanderbush. I'm Tommy Binion. How's it going, Tommy? Well, it's going it's going great. Yeah. Um, today's uh, the 16th anniversary of the December, September 11th terrorist attacks. Uh, and as Americans, we all remember exactly where we were mm-hmm. on that date uh, and how we felt. And we still feel that way today. Um, our mantra about this is never to forget. Uh, so let's um, let's never forget. Yeah, DC always feels a little bit extra somber on September 11th here. So um, yeah, definitely remembering what happened all those years ago. I caught a piece of Vice President's speech. He was in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. where Flight 93 went down. Uh, his remarks were, um, I think, exceptionally powerful. Uh, he talked to uh, on on the day of the attack 16 years ago. He talked to uh, the authorities at the time. Uh, and asked w- if the U.S. Capitol had been the target, when the plane would have hit. Um, and uh, he thinks that the heroes on Flight 93 uh, saved his life uh, and many others. Uh, and it was just a powerful moment that he was able to thank uh, those heroes' families who, who mm-hmm. were in the audience in Pennsylvania. Um, and it's true. You know, the U.S. Capitol very well could have been the target of that flight. Um, and uh, and we could have lost many of our political leaders, uh, one of whom is the vice president today. Uh, of course, we did lose many lives on that day, uh, and and we remember um, we remember them and their families and and their heroism. And other issues going on. Um, it was another hurricane weekend. Ugh. Yeah. Hurricane Irma. Hurricane Irma. Yeah, Florida has definitely gotten hit hard on this one. Yeah, you know, looking at these images. Um, Hurricane Irma is like the whole state of Florida. It's yeah, that it just big. went right over it. Uh, we've seen Florida get hit by hurricanes over and over again, and never one of this size. We're talking about the Keys mm-hmm. on up to Jacksonville. Uh, both ends of Florida dramatically affected by this storm. Um, only two weeks after Harvey, uh, you know, we, we talked to David and Sarah last week about the mm-hmm. federal response, uh, the FEMA response to this disaster. Um, I think so far, uh, another disaster on the heels of Harvey of equal magnitude, if not greater. Uh, it's just incredible to watch. Uh, what, what have you thought about the news coverage? Have you been watching much of it? I watched some yesterday. Um, you know, I got to say, I I'm, I'm glad I don't have the job of standing out in the hurricane. Yeah, I think we're seeing more of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the analyst out there with the uh, the microphone and his or her hat being blown off. Yeah. Uh, and, and then also uh, this this trend, which um, I heard on the radio this morning, that the hosts were making light of it. The hosts or the anchors that are out there in the hurricane are are nagging or fussing at the passersby who you know, shouldn't be out in the hurricane. So they'll they'll pause their broadcast to go tell a dog walker or something. You shouldn't uh, be out here. You should be Yeah. Here. I think there was there was a clip of one man who um pretty much set the anchor straight saying <laughs> you know, he had all the degrees and everything of why he was safe walking out on the beach. So um yeah, it it's been interesting. And it's also been interesting to see the local response. Um as with Harvey, also with Hurricane Irma, it seeing the difference between like what the local governments can do and what the federal government can do. I think overall, um, I think Florida has has gotten some good reviews on the way that they've handled it so far. So it's it's great to see the local governments in action on this. Totally positive reviews of of all levels of government with both Irma and Harvey. 
Um, I think that that is something as Americans we should commend, we should celebrate, we should be thankful for. Uh, of course, Florida is still dealing with not only the wreckage, uh, but the tropical storm now that is mm-hmm. Irma. So we are still thinking about them. We're still watching, uh, hoping that uh, that uh, the damage is not as great as has been predicted um, and hoping for a, for a fast recovery in Florida. Um, of course, that's not the only thing going on in the news. Nope. Uh, late last week, actually mid last week, it was revealed that President Trump had struck a deal with Democrats. He told us he would do this. Art of the deal? Y- you know? He, uh, I don't know. He, he told us he would do this in his campaign, and yet it caught many off guard. Uh, you have heard both Emily and I talk about, oh my goodness, like 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 chickens with their heads cut off talking about the September agenda in Congress. And there it went. It was all yep. in one bill, um, government spending, the debt ceiling, Hurricane Harvey and Irma relief, uh, and national flood insurance program, all combined into one deal, all punted until December the 8th. Um, and it happened in a handshake between the president, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer, uh, the minority leaders in the House and the Senate. Um, of course, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell allowed it to pass, put it on the floor, um, but this is an interesting development. Very interesting. Um, so, what do you think is going to happen come December? Like, what 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 difference does this make in the broader debate? I, I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, maybe the president struck this deal to give Republicans more time to get a victory uh, by the by the end of this fall, or maybe the Democrats struck this deal with President Trump to give them more time and and maybe lay a little groundwork for uh, an even bigger bargain between the two parties. Um, you know, uh, it's it's mixed reporting on the subject. Of course, nobody really knows uh, how it's going to un- uh, unfold. Um, I, you know, this, this is sort of unprecedented in You're Trump's stumped. presidency. So it's it's all new. Um, here's where I come down, though. Mm-hmm. Um, fiscal responsibility is not an option. We are the party of limited government. We are the party of uh, fiscal responsibility, Republicans, that is. And uh, they're in the majority in the House and Senate, and they control the White House. And there is a debt crisis looming. Um, we are $20 trillion in debt, um, and uh, and it's getting worse. We're running deficits every year. Um Fiscal responsibility is not an option. It is mandatory. It is part of the mandate that put these folks in office. Um, and punt after punt after punt has meant that we've made no progress uh, in alleviating this crisis. And so um, you've got to put the brakes on spending. You've got to reduce the deficits. You've got to you've got to make the debt ceiling mean something by attaching reforms to it. The next time you lift it, um, otherwise you're bankrupting our country. And generations to come. So, uh, whether this is bipartisan or not, uh, it's fiscally irresponsible, and that's got to change come December. And one of the other issues that is going to be coming up is DACA. After uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced last week that 
the administration would be rescinding the program. Um, Heritage's Hans von Spakovsky is joining us on today's podcast to explain a little bit of why it should be rescinded, talk about the constitutionality of the program, um, and you know maybe what we see is, is happening next in the halls of Congress. Tommy, do you want to give the intro for Hans? So um, Hans is the manager of our election law reform initiative, and he's a senior legal fellow in the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at Heritage Foundation. Hans is an expert on immigration. He's an expert on the Constitution and on the law, but he's an expert on many things. He is on um, the President's Voter Fraud Commission. Uh, he's been appointed to that. Uh, he was at one time in the Civil Rights Division at the DOJ. Uh, he was at one time um, on the uh, Federal Election Commission. So he's an expert on election fraud, uh, as well as sort of all things judiciary at the DOJ. Uh, nobody better to talk to us about the legal, legal implications of deferred action for childhood arrivals, the DACA program, which President Trump has announced he will end in six months. Hans, welcome to Mass Ave. Great to see you. Um, DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, uh, has made uh, serious headlines in the last week. Tell us what happened. Well, actually, you know, uh, it, it really should have been named the uh, Deferred Action for Childhood and Teenage Arrivals mm. because uh, a lot of people think it only it only applied to folks who were two or three when they came here. Not true. It also applied to folks who were 16 years old uh, when they came to the United States. In, in essence, um, uh, President Trump said, uh, I'm ending this program in six months and uh, it's up to Congress to do something about this if they believe uh, that something should be done about it. And what, what everyone needs to understand is there have been all these critiques of the president, all these discussions about whether it's good policy or bad policy. That's actually irrelevant to what the president did. The reason being that uh, when President Obama put this policy in back in 2012, he didn't have the legal and constitutional authority to do it. The president can't simply provide an amnesty to illegal aliens who are here. Congress has 100 percent authority over immigration issues, and only Congress can do that. I, I don't think it's a good idea, but the point is President Obama didn't have the power to do this. It, be before he enacted this unconstitutional right. amnesty, President Obama even said he yeah. did not have the authority to do something like this. On uh, new, numerous occasions. I mean, at one point he even said, I'm not a king. <laughs> you can't do this in a democratic society. I can't issue – he said, I can't issue an executive order that simply stops deportations. And at some point along the way, he changed his mind. Yeah, shortly – uh, purchased uh, a crown 2012 election, right? Uh, um, and decided he was a king and could do this. So, of course, President Trump's decision uh, could have been made strictly on uh, the basis that this – this program um, is unconstitutional, never had legal merit in the right. first place. The Constitution, which I think is uh, incredibly clear on this issue, gives, as you point out, 100 uh, percent authority over immigration to the United States Congress. Um, and President Trump has made the decision to end the program. And also this six-month delay is an interesting political move. Right. Uh, there are some – there were some in Congress um, asking him not to end the program – uh, and he he gave them an opportunity to act. What do you think about that? Well, I think that that actually was a good thing because though those who say uh, this was a good program that we should provide some kind of amnesty, fine, um, then then do something about it in Congress. You know, hold hearing hold hearings on it, get people in to talk about the 
the, what might be the good results, what might be the bad results, such as encouraging more illegal immigration the way this program did. Remember, we had a huge surge in unaccompanied minors after this program went in. But that's where you debate this issue. The halls of Congress, not at the White House. So kind of looking ahead, President Trump has essentially sent this back to Congress to try right. to figure something out. Do you, What do you see as happening next in Congress? Well, like or I said— Or what is the, the constitutional <laughs> path forward on this issue? Well, look, the constitutional path forward is only Congress can do something about right. this. I think there are a lot of negatives to the idea, everything from encouraging more uh, illegal immigration to, to the uh, problem of the fact that— um, you know, every illegal alien we allow in uh, potentially takes a job away from an American citizen. And that's the economic effects of this are something that I don't hear anybody talking about. Let's let's do let's jump forward. Uh, if if Congress is going to be considering this, let's look at the politics of the immigration issue, especially right. as it concerns amnesty. We've called this program amnesty. It is that. Um there have been uh, several failed attempts uh, by uh, many who are still in Congress once in 2007. Uh, they attempted to do the DREAM Act in right. 2010, which failed. Uh, and then most recently, there was uh, an amnesty attempt in the Gang of Eight bill. That was in 2013. All three of those, same result. Um, politi politicians thought this was a good idea. Uh, and the grassroots conservatives uh, rose up and said, we don't think this is a good idea. The politics of the issue shifted. Um one more thing before I let you comment on this, Hans. Maybe throughout that history, 2007, 2010, 2013, uh, you know, there was this um, very clear misunderstanding that politicians had about the politics of amnesty. And each time they were corrected, perhaps the finest point put on that was in summer of 2015 when President Trump, his announcement speech was about this issue and he immediately rose uh, to the top of the polls in the GOP primary and uh, it stayed there. Uh, until he got to the White House. So so what do you think about that? Uh, I, I think what the American people have shown that they believe in, and I think it's the right thing to believe in, is they want to see our immigration laws enforced. And they want to see security on the border. If and when you finally do that, if and when we're actually stopping people from coming across the border, uh, if and when we're actually, for example, uh, going after employers who knowingly hire illegal aliens so that we turn off the job spigot that pulls illegals in, well, then maybe maybe the American people would consider what what do we do about people who've, who've been here for a long time. Um, but until that happens, I, I don't think we should be talking amnesty, and I don't think the American people want that either. Right. So um, the, the great trade-off that was the 1986 amnesty bill, which right. was we'll give amnesty and we will also in the same bill make efforts to secure the border. That failed. We, we did the amnesty. It was supposed to go to a million people, wound up going to three million. Um, but we never got the border security that was right. promised. And so when that same deal was proposed in 07 and 2013, it was rejected. Um, so what you're saying is step one, secure the border. Right. Just do that. And we'll see. We'll verify that it's secured, and then the debate can start about anything else. No, that's right. And in fact, um, uh, Ed Meese, former attorney general for President Reagan, <laughs> once told me that uh, Ronald Reagan thought that uh, signing that deal in the 80s was the biggest mistake he ever made because 
the agreement was, all right, we'll provide amnesty for the, those who are uh, here illegally, and in exchange, we get border security and enforcement of our immigration laws. And we gave amnesty, and the rest didn't happen. And what people don't realize is that in the 10 years after that amnesty, we had a huge influx of even more illegal aliens because they were attracted by the idea, well, the American government gave amnesty once, maybe they'll do it again. And in fact, that's what the discussions are now. And and, and that's what in part led to the surge of unaccompanied yes. children showing up on the border that's right. three summers ago. So overall, uh, the t- issue of DACA is pretty sensitive. People get very heated about it <laughs> in right. conversations. Right. Um, and it seems to have presented a bit of a skewed picture, overall ignoring the issue of constitutionality of it. Right. What are a couple other reasons you would give why it's important to end this program? Well, for example, you know, everybody keeps talking about, oh, the children who came over and therefore don't speak the language of their home countries, uh, don't know the culture of their home countries. But remember, this, this program applies uh, to people who are 16 years old. Okay, and anybody, anybody with children and teenagers knows that by the time they're 16, uh, they speak, write, and read the language fluently of their country. They've been in, in school for 10 years. They are imbued in the culture of their home country. So the idea that it's some kind of hardship to send someone back to their home country uh, when they're 16, I think uh, it just, just isn't correct. Plus uh, – you know, most of the people who were in the DACA program weren't kids. Uh, the majority of them were actually adults. Uh, the other thing you've got to make sure of is that if you're going to have some kind of program to do something about these, these folks, um, we don't want their parents who are responsible for the illegal behavior to benefit from this. So that means, for example, uh, you have to end the chain migration and the ability to, of newly naturalized citizens to sponsor the individuals who act, actually acted illegally to bring these kids over. And, and, of course, what applies to both of those groups of people that you're talking about is, is the absolute fact that if we give amnesty, our illegal immigration problem will get worse, yes. not better. It has every time and it will every time. We do not have a secure southern border. And if we give amnesty, it, the problem will get worse. Um Though, we, what you mentioned at the top of the interview, um, that what the American people want is enforcement of our immigration laws. Right. Uh, one of his first actions as president was to sign an executive order uh, to do just that, enforce our immigration laws to change the policies that haven't matched the laws on the books in decades or more. Uh, there's been a great result, um, which is that uh, illegal border crossing attempts are down 70%. On the southern border, this is a stat we get from the Border Patrol. Uh, Great news for Trump, not something you hear often enough. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Well, in fact, that shows uh, um, how much deterrence has an effect. I mean, the message went out from the president that uh, we were no longer going to tolerate this. We are now enforcing our uh, border laws and our uh, enforcing our immigration laws. And the word clearly went out and we saw this huge drop. It was when President Obama kept giving this message that, don't worry, we're not going to deport you. In fact, we're going to give you access to government benefits and we're going to give you work permits. That we had this gigantic surge of illegal aliens coming in. The, the message the president sends, in addition to actual actions of uh, what he orders the Department of Homeland Security to do, has a huge effect on how many people illegally try to get into this country and try to stay in this country. And I guess – 
Starting to conclude here, as this goes to Congress, I know that right. there's been talk about um, President Trump negotiating with funding for the border wall on on this issue. Right. Um, what is the likelihood, do you think, of that happening? Well, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think he ought to do a deal where all he gets is the border wall, mm-hmm. because there are so many other things that need to be done, including uh, uh more money for internal enforcement, more money for more immigration judges to unclog the immigration courts, um, more money for detention centers so that illegal aliens aren't roaming the country. I mean, there's so many things that need to be done uh, that the the president um, really should drive a very hard and very tough bargain on this. All right. Well, we'll see how that works out. Thanks so much for joining us today, Hans. Sure. It's great to be with you. We have an exciting announcement for our listeners, and it is a new segment that we're really thrilled about. So stay tuned for next week for our debut of a new segment on Mass Ave called Ask the Expert. We're taking questions from listeners and getting our heritage experts' take on them for you. So more details on that to come. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening in. Uh, We love our listeners at Mass Ave. We want you to know when there's a new episode, so click subscribe on iTunes uh, so you'll never miss what's happening on the Hill and around the world. Check us out on Facebook on Mass Ave uh, and, and find all of the research from Hans and all of our analysts on Heritage.org. We'll see you next week.